This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Candice Lim. And I'm Daisy Rosario. And you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. And wee woo, wee woo. If you're hearing that, that is the beautiful voice of Daisy Rosario. We <laughs> love her. We love her. Now, I think the audience wants to know what happened to Rachel. What happened right. to our bestie, Rachel? Here's what I've got, you know. I'm getting this dispatch from the set of The Bachelor, of course. Um, it's saying that Rachel has self-eliminated from the upcoming oh, wow. season of The Bachelor. Uh-huh. It looks like she was about to make it to hometowns. And yeah. then she like pulled him aside for a chat. And she said, quote, she can't go because she has just been chosen to compete on The Golden Bachelor. Ooh, that one's exciting. That's <laughs> the one I want to watch. I don't watch the show at all. I watched one season uh, mm-hmm. a while back. And uh Yeah, I love that every time Rachel's not here, she's doing something with The Bachelor. This sounds like a level up to me, doing The Golden Bachelor. Oh, 100%. Also, like, not to foreshadow or anything, I do think Rachel will be a front runner of Golden Bachelor. I think (laughs) we'll be seeing Golden Bachelorette. I think it'll be really great. But, you know, regardless of where Rachel finds love, she unfortunately is very booked. She is very busy. Therefore, she may not be here with us today. But don't worry, because Daisy, I have to say, I really feel like you are a very OG Avenger of the ICYMI universe. Like, I kind of think of you as like the Robert Downey Jr. of the franchise. Aww. Is that weird or do you like that? I think that's hilarious. And mm-hmm. considering I wasn't a Tony Stark fan, but was a, a noted <laughs> Marvel fan, I think that's hilarious. And I also promise not to go any further down that rabbit hole. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. We'll save it for it next time. But, Daisy, yeah. I'm just really glad you're here with me. I mean, how are you? Like, how was your weekend? What'd you get up to? Well, I started the weekend sick, but I ended the weekend at Beyonce. Ooh. I mean, I wasn't actually planning to go. I got tickets last minute. Ooh. Got pulled in by the TikToks. But um, I got to say, I don't know if you saw, but... I was at the second DC show, the one at FedEx Field. It got delayed by rain, but more importantly, yeah. lightning. Yeah. It was bananas. <laughs> that stadium should be raised to the ground. It is terrible. 
<laughs> I really thought we were going to have some kind of like stampede situation. It yeah. was like, it was wild. I don't even want to talk that much about the concert itself because I feel like at this point you're either like interested in seeing Beyonce or you're like, we get it. Everybody's seeing Beyonce. Right. Candace, I have never, <laughs> I have never had an experience like I did. There was lightning as the concert was like letting people in and it's an outdoor venue. So they told everybody right. to like shelter in place, which I guess Oof. just meant hanging out by the snack stands. But again, sold out concert at a football field. So right. I walk up, I see security. As you do, you see security, right? I see like metal detectors. Nobody's manning them though. I walk through, <laughs> they're beeping like crazy. No one stops us or any of no. the other people. Get up to scan our ticket. Nobody can figure out which gate we're supposed to be at with our floor tickets. They oh. go to scan mine. It doesn't work there. They know that's wrong, but they don't know what to do. So they're like, just come in. And I am not the only person that they did that to, literally waving people into the stadium without <laughs> scanning the tickets. I'm not saying this was going on everywhere. But it's what I saw. And then there was a bunch of us, uh, people who had floor tickets. I'm bragging a little bit. I Mm -hmm, am. mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm an adult. Mm -hmm. I went for it. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Candace, because they waved us in, nobody had the necessary wristbands. So you have all the people that basically probably paid the most to be there. Like, locked in a little, like, gateway. And they can't open it because there's hundreds of people on the outside, too. And nobody has wristbands. And everyone's losing their minds. And at this point, they're actually letting people to their seats, but none of the people with floor seats can go. It was crazy. Like, nobody was in charge. I literally was standing there going like, society is falling apart. (laughs) There's there's nothing for us here. Like, it was terrible. I I honestly think it would have been so much worse if it wasn't that everyone there was just, like, determined to have a good time. It was brutal. Oof, yeah. You know what? That venue, that concert, it needed a project manager, okay? It needed a project manager. And it's funny because, you know, at this taping, Daisy, you are still wearing your wristband. (laughs) You are still wearing your wristband because you fought, okay? You fought a war to get here. The security guard handed it to me through the fence like I was being kept in a cage. It was wild. I mean, this is already such a great story. Here's the thing, though. I've also been hearing about another story involving Beyonce. Okay. Mm. Is it true that in Boston, Beyonce was singing the Queen's remix of Break My Soul? It features Madonna. And in this remix, she lists like fellow icons of the space. And then... Is it true that she did not say Lizzo's name in Boston and instead said Erica Badu four times? And then at one of the FedEx field shows where you may or may not have been, she put Lizzo's name back in. Yes. Yes. Lizzo was in and Ms. Badu was out. Now, <laughs> I did notice this right away. I actually noticed it right away um, because I keep up with the internet mm-hmm. working on this show, but people are making the educated guests that it's because Erica Badu recently posted some Instagram stories about one of Beyonce's new tour looks that Ms. Badu and some of Ms. Badu's fans felt was taking inspiration from one Ms. Badu. And so mm. Erica Badu on one of her stories was like, I guess I'm everybody's stylist. And uh seemed like that made its way to Beyonce. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. I mean, I have to say, Beyonce, 
if you're listening to this, you would be a fantastic breaking news reporter because Beyonce is so quick. She's so on the streets. Her team knows exactly how to get from point A to point B so quickly. Yes. But, you know, between the Lizzo thing, between the Erica Badu thing, you know, maybe there is something in the water about people calling out their faves. I mean, in fact, someone else who's kind of battling their fans right now is Doja Cat. And I think maybe this is a good time for us to track her internet history because it's vast, it's wild, it is not good. Nuh-uh. That's right. On today's show, we're going to talk about the latest controversy surrounding Doja Cat and why unstanding seems to be the new route for fandoms. Mm -hmm. All that and more after the break. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners. Whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. Okay. (laughs) If you have heard Doja Cat's name recently, there may be a few reasons why. One, she just came out with a new song. It's called Paint the Town Red. Okay. Uh, Daisy, do we like this song? I mean, I'll disassociate to it in a lift. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's my thing about the Doja Cat song. It is so unfortunate because I find my relationship with Doja Cat more precarious than my relationship with Charlie Puth, which is that (laughs) I hate Charlie Puth as a person so much, and yet I know every lyric to his songs from voice notes i don't know why i don't know why but he does it and it gets in my head and the same thing with doja you know i unfortunately kind of like the sway of it i kind of like the jazziness of the song but i feel like 
we both come to this room. Wise. Doja Cat is never trending on Twitter for a good reason. No. (laughs) Now, the song, it does feature this hook, okay? And the hook is, bitch, I said what I said. I'd rather be famous instead. I just get the feeling. I get this, I don't know, like just little tingly feeling in my belly that it is referring to something. Mm -hmm. And you are right, tingle, tingle, because... I think it might have something to do with the fact that, like, Doja has been attacking her fans lately. Basically, the most recent iteration of Doja controversy happened in June of the summer. Doja, apparently, has a new boyfriend, a new man, and his name is Jay Cyrus, no relation to Miley. And they were first photographed on a yacht, relatable, making out, swimming, rich people aquaticism. (laughs) Okay, wait, I've been wanting to ask this. Is Jay Cyrus someone that I am supposed to know? No, and that's okay, because for (laughs) those who do know, he's a former Vine creator, you know the type, and he's now converted to just a regular content creator, you know? He's like on Twitch and YouTube and TikTok, and he's got more than like 6.5 million subscribers or whatever, but... Every creator on Vine must fall because Doja fans were like, hold on a second. Here's some problematic tweets we found. And the screenshots, they spread like a virus. I mean, the now deleted tweets, they multiply. There's sexual abuse allegations. There's accusations of him being a manipulator and a predator. There's racist tweets. And he's white. I don't know if that needed to be said, but I just wanted to put that there. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so... Doja's fans circulate a bunch of evidence and receipts and Doja reacts how I'm I want to say well as a joke because I don't actually expect her to take it well. But like Mm -mm. you tell me Mm -mm. absolutely not. She goes off so hard, particularly at a fan in the Instagram comments, which I have to say is probably the most unhinged place to go off on someone because it gets buried. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But she wrote all caps. I want y'all to read this comment and take it as a message. I don't give a fuck what you think about my personal life. I never have and never will give a fuck what you think about me or my personal life. Goodbye and good riddance. Miserable hoes. Ha ha. Okay. Okay. So that is why she put that out. I remember seeing that, but I had zero context. Also, that actually sounds very much like her new song. Oh, 100%. I mean, Doja Cat, meanwhile is blocking fans, blocking her own fans who were calling her boyfriend out and calling her out too for being associated with him. Okay. And she goes after her fandom who were called kittens with a Z because she's Doja Cat. (laughs) I didn't know that one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she writes, quote, if you call yourself a kitten or fucking kittens, that means you need to get off your phone and get a job and help your parents with the house. Ooh, okay. So there is a lot being thrown around. Mm -hmm. I read that Doja lost like over 350,000 followers or something like that on social media, which, by the way, Mm -hmm. seems to be the new measure of someone's cancellation. Like, I keep seeing headlines about Lizzo losing like 220,000 followers. Yeah, and sometimes I'm kind of like the best way to not lose followers is to not have social media at all. But I think this is probably the best juncture to talk about 
Doja Cat and her problematic history with the internet because it's vast, it is surprisingly diverse, and it deserves a closer look. Yeah, it really does. And Candace was kind enough to really look into all of this, and she's going to walk me and you through that right after the break. If you love our podcast, then maybe you should consider subscribing to Slate Plus. With Slate Plus, there are no ads on any Slate podcast. And Slate Plus helps keep this podcast going because this show would not be possible without your support. With Slate Plus, you'll get bonus segments and episodes for shows like Slow Burn, Hit Parade, and The Waves. You'll also never hit a paywall on the Slate website, meaning you get access to every article and every advice column. Just visit slate.com slash ICYMI plus to sign up. That's slate.com slash ICYMI plus. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. Okay. We are back. All right, Candace. like, where do we begin with one Doja Cat? Mm -hmm. Let's start in 2014. So one of her earliest hits was called So High, which caught the Mm. attention of execs and got her signed to RCA Records. The problematic accusations are already starting here, yeah? Oh, yeah, they're ripe, they're crisp. So Doja releases the music video for the song in 2014, and even though it has over 80 million views, people brought it back up in 2020 to say, hey, guys, I think there's some, like, offensive lyrics and imagery here. Now, you can watch the music video and kind of come to this conclusion, but basically... There are some depictions of her, quote, sexualizing and appropriating Hindu culture, someone said. And, you know, she's saying things in the song like, quote, now we both look Asian, uh, allegedly after smoking weed, which I don't think is like very nice to say. No. And on top of that, the label that released So High was Dr. Luke's label. And Dr. Luke was accused of sexual assault and emotional abuse by Kesha the same year he signed with Doja. Now, the only substantial thing Doja has really said about Dr. Luke is in 2021 when she told Rolling Stone, quote, I don't think I need to work with him again, end quote. And the thing is, we could dive into that more, but we actually really don't have time because the Doja ball keeps rolling faster and faster. In 2015... Doja Cat uploads a song to her SoundCloud. It's called Didn't Do Nothing, which has kind of become this racist slang term in online alt-right circles. And it is meant to demean victims of police brutality, saying they, quote, didn't do nothing. Now, Doja did remove the song. But once again, in 2020, it started making the rounds because rumors started circulating that Doja made the song in response to the 2015 death of Sandra Bland. Now, Doja did later deny this claim. It's a pretty ugly claim. But I think we kind of have to jump 
to Moo, which oh my God, is when yes. Doja Cat first entered my consciousness. I'm not a cat. I don't say now. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. Bitch, I'm a cow. I go moo. I don't know if I've ever told you, like, I will know the internet has truly eaten itself when I see somebody say, like, hey, did y'all know it was Doja Cat that did Moo? Like, I'm just waiting for the day <laughs> when some, like, young person forgets that and acts like it's new news. But, like, please continue. I think what's funny is that I remember watching this video. Oh, my God. Moo it, was everywhere. It was everywhere because it was weird. It was so BuzzFeed core, right? Like, it yes. was homemade. Pretty sure she filmed it on, like, her little MacBook Pro in the little photo booth <laughs> app. She has like a green screen up and it's playing like random animations and some of it is very sexually explicit, but Doja is dressed in like this cow print crop top. She's eating a burger. And you know what? Shockingly, shockingly, Doja does not get in trouble for making the song, but that changes like 18 days later. I remember this time really well. That's right. Because weeks later, an offensive tweet resurfaces. It's Doja Cat in 2015 using the F slur in reference to Tyler, the creator, and Earl Sweatshirt. And she responds like the day this resurfaces with a pretty horrible non-apology that is not worth repeating. But she basically says using the F slur does not equate to hating gay people. And that, quote, gay is okay. Thanks, Doja. (laughs) Thank you so much to our ally. Um, (laughs) Now, (laughs) this is where I think that her record label starts coming into the picture a little more. Because, you know, she writes that on Twitter. Clearly not the most well-formed thought here. But then she goes on Instagram and she posts this, like, notes app apology saying, quote, I apologize for the derogatory terms I've used in the past, and no one should be discriminated against for their race, religion, or sexual orientation. Oh, Okay, now that to me screams, I did not write this. Nope. Okay, a publicist for a label did. Yep. I'm trying to salvage what I have gained from Moo. I'm dropping new music soon. Please do not ruin this for me. Yeah, and she did. She did release new music a year later, Hot Pink, which is the album with Juicy, Bottom Bitch, Streets, and Rules. But this is where a deeper, darker side of Doja starts to emerge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, you know, a month after the album comes out, she talks to Paper Magazine and confesses to this, like, chat room hobby she has. She says, quote, people would pick on me and use horrible, horrible language, just the worst. And I just didn't understand why people were so crazy on there. So I became the person who would make offensive jokes and do things sort of out of the box, end quote. And I actually think for some Doja Cat fans, this was not news because after the Moo video came out, some of them were like, wait, 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 I I think I recognize you from this chat room that we were like just in together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So this starts ramping up in terms of public mainstream coverage. And if I remember this time, she was like very much on the up and up by now, right? Like she had that one song, Say So, like it went viral on TikTok. And, you know, Nicki Minaj hops on a remix. The remix hits number one. Her album starts hitting radio play as singles. Like, she is kind of becoming this industry favorite, hitting the AMA, red carpet, magazine covers, all that. 
But, you know, underneath all of that success is kind of this underground brewing of receipts and screen recordings of her, like, definitely being in those chat rooms. Now, the reason these chat rooms become a big deal is because there are accusations that she has hopped into weird racist chat rooms and that she starts, like, oddly offensive conversations. Yeah, this is the stuff I remember kind of hearing about. But, like, can you get specific, Candace? So... In May of 2020, there's this thread on Lipstick Alley, a dodgy source, okay, but someone's talking about Doja Cat being on video chat rooms, and they're saying that she is showing feet, being nude, making offensive and racist comments about Black people, and then videos start surfacing of her participating in alt-right chat rooms because there's, like, a visual video component, so they're, like, screen recordings. And she is, like, making sexual comments to men who were reportedly white supremacists. So this is kind of where the whole, like, stripping for white supremacist accusations start coming from. Okay, yes. Okay, so I would like to imagine that an apology followed. Mm, yes. She posts on Instagram, quote, I've used public chat rooms to socialize since I was a child. I shouldn't have been on some of those chat room sites, but I personally have never been involved in any racist conversations. I'm sorry to everyone I offended. Wait, okay, wait a minute. Hang on. <laughs> Did you, Candace Lim, not just tell me... <laughs> That she told Paper Magazine that she would purposely go to these chat rooms and make offensive jokes? Oh, I did. Okay. Oh, I did. Just making sure. <laughs> yes. And I kind of feel like she, like, doubles down right here because, yeah. you know, she goes on IG Live. She tries to, like, explain her way out of it. She says any offensive remarks she'd made had come out of, quote, self-hate. And she admits to saying the N-word in a chat room, but that she was blackout drunk, kind of just trying to, like, excuse the behavior a bit. <sighs> Okay, so I feel like at this point, I would prescribe Doja a few doses of internet disconnection. Mm. Like, she just seems so online at one point in her life that it's coming back to bite her. But she's also using that onlineness to, like, defend herself, and it's, like, this feedback loop. Like, she's this child of, like, a racist, disgusting internet becoming a defender of that internet. I don't exactly know how she gets out of it. And yet, Daisy... (laughs) And yet she does. And, you know, actually kind of looking back at the history of Doja Cat, I really feel like the way she basically skates over all of these allegations of her online behavior is just by flooding us with music. And notice Mm. I'm not saying good music. I'm just saying music because, (laughs) you know, in June 2021, she comes out with her next album. It's called Planet Her. Now this is the album with like Kiss Me More, Need to Know, Woman. And... She's just doing a lot to get this album out there. She's performing a lot. She's doing the festival circuit, all the jingle balls. And you know what? The album's kind of doing well. But okay, wait. Do the specifics of the chat room allegations kind of like go away? Because I feel like that's what I've heard at this point. What surprises me about all of this with Doja is just that she somehow keeps going. Like she keeps winning. She keeps making hits on TikTok. And sometimes it just feels like You know, nothing's going to really slow that down. Yeah. And my thing is that I think Doja is someone who staggers upward, meaning every time she's trending for something horrible she has said or she has done, there's all of a sudden a new song. There's a new Billboard hit playing at 
Kohl's. Oh. And, you know, <laughs> like, I have to admit, 2022 was unfortunately quite a good year for her. You know, she won her first Grammy for Kiss Me More. Mm. Her song was in the Elvis movie. And now, let me just say, quick side note, despite Doja being who she is, that song could have won the Oscar that year. I know it could have. Oh, that's a very slate argument. I like this for you. Yes. <laughs> I also feel like summer of 2022 was when she got into that beef that I vaguely remember with the Stranger Things kid. Like, is that right? Was that last year or was that 17 years ago? Oh, oh my God. Okay. So basically, Doja Cat DM'd Noah Schnapp. He plays Will Byers on Stranger Things. He's the yes. kid with the bowl cut who like cries in the car or something. Anyway, That's right. <laughs> Noah posts a screenshot of Doja DMing him. Okay, in it, Doja writes, Noah, can you tell Joseph? Okay, quick side note. This is Joseph Quinn. He plays the like hot Eddie Munson rock and roll guy in oh, yeah. the Stranger Things mm-hmm. season. Okay. She writes, Noah, can you tell Joseph to HMU? Hit me up. Mm-hmm. Wait, no. Does he have a GF? And then Noah tells her to slide into his DMs. I mean, I think Noah handled it well. <laughs> oh, I really think so. And then kind of turns, um, Dojo goes on TikTok Live and she basically calls out Noah for posting the screenshot. Now, <laughs> I just want to like keep in mind a few things. First off, this is pre-Jonah Hill 2023, where like somehow people are still arguing that posting abusive screenshots is rude. Okay. I mean. But also at the same time, Noah was 17 when this happened. Doja was yeah. 26. Okay. Yeah. So we're having some questions here. But, you know, Doja says that posting a private conversation between her and Noah was, quote, unbelievably socially unaware and whack. Okay, this is happening on TikTok Live. And then she goes on to say, quote, that's like borderline snake shit. That's like weasel shit. What? Socially (laughs) unaware and whack? Like, those are the descriptors? Why does everything always sound like a projection lately? Okay. Mm. Ridiculous. But is there more? Because I honestly, I don't know that I can I can take any more Doja Cat controversy today. The world is hard enough. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, we go from Noah Schnapp, okay, all the way to now, where Doja is indeed actively blocking and hating her fans. But, you know, what I think is interesting is the way that Doja is basically kind of trying to dismantle her fan base. You know, there's a Doja Cat fan account. It's called at the kittens web. And they were like, after all this stuff with the boyfriend and the vine and the racist tweets, we just got to change our name. Like, I don't think we can do this anymore, which I understand. What should we change it to? And Doja herself responded. uh, And she said, just delete the entire account and rethink everything. It's never too late. Wow. Yeah. And from there, she just keeps going, right? Like, I mean, she kind of starts calling out the fans and using everybody's favorite P word, parasocial, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And at this rate, I mean, her biggest fan accounts, they began deactivating their accounts. And, you know, I I did see this, like, open letter that a fan wrote to Doja saying her fans have been to, quote, hell and back, which is true, while supporting Doja through the literal litany of scandals that we have just mentioned in this episode alone. And by the way, after all of this, Doja... 
Doja is not issuing even a semblance of remorse. She is not pulling back. She is not apologizing in any form, platform, meta, or X. She does not care about going after fans because, in her words, bitch said what she said. And so it kind of does make me ask, what will it take to cancel Doja Cat? Oh, man. I mean, can you cancel somebody who doesn't care? Like, I don't know that you can, you know? I do feel like... At least one of our political parties has figured that out by now. And so (laughs) I just think like, if that's not where her, where she cares, I don't know that it's possible. I mean, I think you're right in that the internet fandom that I would say really signed on to Doja early on, they seem to kind of have been outsized by the mainstream industry that kind of loves her now. And I just feel like the people who validate her in the industry, the people who keep playing her on radio, I don't think they care. And I don't think they had the same deal breakers as her initial internet based digital audience. And that's kind of the rub of like, now that she has this validation of the industry, she's winning Grammys, da 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 da. It's almost like she's saying she doesn't need her early followers anymore. And I think that's what makes the fandom upset. This idea of like, we got you to this place, but now you discard us when you don't need us. Very, okay, fine. Let's jump off the boat since you claim you don't want us anymore. Yeah, I think that's an honest and fair reaction from some of those fans too. But yeah, I think you're right about the industry. I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie. Let's think about somebody else they keep trying to push on us. They keep trying to push uh, somebody named uh, Chris Brown. So... Yep, yep, yep. Sierra, if you're listening to this, Sierra, the singer, not our producer. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Saturday. So definitely subscribe. That way you never miss an episode. Please leave a rating and a review in Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter, also known as X at ICYMI underscore pod which is also where you can DM us your questions like, am I supposed to call it X now? And I'm going to say no, because that's confusing when you just see an X written down somewhere. And you can always drop us a note at ICYMI at Slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Sierra Spragley-Ricks, Rachel Hampton, and me, Candace Lim. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer. And Alicia Montgomery is Slate's vice president of audio. See you online. Or not. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.